Welcome to the Musical Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Ploger, and during these podcasts, I'm looking forward to being able to explore all aspects of what it is to be musical, whether that is how we can be more musical as musicians or how we can understand why we love music and why we think it's musical or why it isn't. So we'll be exploring everything from how to perform music, how to listen to music, as well as aspects of music perception perception and cognition. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Musical Communications Podcast. My name is Karen and I am your producer and I'm sitting here with your host Marianne. Thank you Karen, so nice to be here again. I'm so excited to continue the conversation on the three causes of error and today we are going to focus on the first one. So Marianne, take it away. Okay, so the first and most common cause of error is called reaction. And reaction, you can always tell, because of the fact that suddenly when you're performing music, you can't go any further. You just stop dead in your tracks. It can also be that you feel like the music is getting really dangerously close to your face, that you're going in for a zoom, as Richard Bandler, psychologist, would say. So definitely what's happening, I think, in a reaction is that we're going into the limbic centers of our brain. And that's because our brain is responding to a change in status quo. So have you ever had that experience where you're playing along and everything's just going great and then suddenly the page turns or there's a noise in the audience or something happens and you find that you can't go forward. You have one of those terrible moments where you can't continue playing, you can't seem to get the flow going again. This is an all-out reaction. And what's happened, I think, is that probably our brain has perceived, because we're very sensitive, a change in the room, a change in the environment. It can be even, believe it or not, when you're playing in your music, a run, and all of a sudden it goes to an arpeggio in that piece you're sight reading. And so any kind of change, instrumentation, whatever, a draft, can cause us to go into reaction. So I think that it's a very common cause of error that we experience and we really can get so that we can overcome it by expecting the unexpected, uh, by being able to really understand our domain so we're not surprised. And this is really what I think is the antidote. So a way of getting out of a reaction is to create what I call eagle vision. So. The metaphor I like to use is imagine that you're this beautiful eagle who's flying around and its job is to be able to keep track of this herd of deer and these deer are bolting here, there and everywhere. And so while it might be tempting for you to get really close to the deer, you're too close to them. And this can cause you to react or overreact to what's happening. And so what you might do is even try to get closer to them to keep track of them. But of course, that's not the best thing to do. The best thing to do is to relax, push away, as the eagle would, in order to have higher altitude so that now you're further from the complication. Now you can see the entire herd of deer. You can tell how they're moving, whether they're moving this way or that, and whether they're two or three moving in this direction and the others very easy to keep track of when you're up high. I think any of us who have flown into an airport know what that's like when you see the highway. You know what that highway is like. Those cars are racing around and then you, from very up high, feel as if they're not moving at all. So they're barely moving when you're up high. As you get closer and closer, they get faster and faster. So one of the things we want to do is to develop this ability when things get complicated or when they're fast to 
maintain our altitude, that is our cognitive altitude, as if you're way up high as an eagle and now can keep track of all of the elements. This gives us the ability to access, I believe, higher parts of our brain. So that's our, the secret is that we want to be accessing the parts of our brain that are able to handle the music, not be in our limbic system where you can't think your way out of a paper bag. So <laughs> this is the challenge, I think. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, this is so good. So I have a, a couple of questions. Um, in, in the, was, while you were talking about reaction, uh, performance anxiety came to mind. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like this is a, a learned behavior? Do you feel like this is us just tapping into our limbic system or, or what's happening there? That's an excellent question. I think all of us can associate with that, especially in the classical musical field where we have to get all of the notes right and everything has to be just so. And there's this huge judge that's going on in our head all the time. My own feeling is that many of us who are in music are extremely sensitive by nature. Mm. And when the littlest things happen, we react to them. We respond to them. We hear that little piece of candy wrapper in the audience, and it can really cause us to lose our center. Of course, the martial arts train us to keep that center, maintain our breath and all of that. I think that in classical music, it's really tough because we are really sensitive. So the trick is to be able to maintain that sensitivity without having ourselves being driven into this fear area of the brain. So that we're acting instead of a fear, we're acting out of love. We act out of joy. We're playing music. We're not suffering in performing music. Yeah. We're loving what we do and delighting in it. And again, the same way an eagle would soaring above the ground. Um, so to me, it is a very understandable thing that anxiety builds. I don't know about you though, I was taught to concentrate. So when yeah. things go badly, <laughs> concentrate. Well, do you know, I think we're driving ourselves into the limbic system perhaps. We're driving ourselves into fear, into the wrong places in the brain, mm -hmm. instead of accessing higher conscious um, mind processes. We're sort of driven into the adrenaline situation where, and cortisol, where we suddenly can't behave in the way that we really know we can perform. Yeah, mm, that's so interesting. And do you feel like this is, so when I think of reaction, I often think of like, oh, I'm in a studio class setting with my with my studio mates and they all play the same instrument and they, they know if I'm going to miss the note or I'm in a recital setting or a performance setting and I have one opportunity. But I also feel like this can be cultivated in the practice room. Like what, what are some strategies you think to, because I feel like the reaction not only affects the limbic system, but it also gives you tension in your body. So how can we practice like when that happens, like getting out of it so that it doesn't happen in performance? That's an excellent question. I believe that the important thing is for us to know our domain. I would say by that, I mean, really, you want to know what your instrument tends to do. You want to feel like you can handle whatever has happened through your preparation. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I learned from Mademoiselle Boulanger is we have to practice performing. That is, when we're on our own, a lot of times we think we're just going to practice and we might be daydreaming when we're practicing or thinking of this and that. And then when we get on the stage, suddenly it's a change in status quo. So what mm -hmm. Mademoiselle Boulanger would say is, no, we must practice in our mind performing. Mm -hmm. And that when we play that Beethoven sonata, we should be imagining that we're performing under the most stressful circumstances and then become acclimatized to that. The more radical the, the uh, 
imagination, the better. You yeah. know, I, might, I want to feel like I'm at, in Ann Arbor, the Hill Auditorium, which is a, a magnificent hall there that the University of Michigan employs. And when I'm on that stage with that piano, it can be cold, and yet the lights are glaring up. I can hardly see the audience. The more I practice in my imagination with a vivid image of that, yeah. the more I keep my breathing, the more I think I want to move the audience to tears of joy and of, of just depth of feeling. So that's what my goal is. And so when I'm practicing, I'm actually practicing that mindset. Mm -hmm. Again, if I can imagine, what is it like for somebody to drop a giant purse on the floor yeah. during the performance? How, how would I react to that? I won't react. I might respond. I'll notice it, but it won't interfere with my joy of what I'm creating. I may hardly even notice it. And just in my soul, just sort of smile. Yeah. So it sounds like having the, the reactive side of our, our brain and, and body at bay will allow us to enter flow. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it, as we will talk about with the third cause of error, which is looking back, it's removing judging. Mm. That is turning that off. And instead, being in our sensations, sensing the moment, sensing all aspects of our hearing, of our touch, of the smell, of how the room feels, and allowing that without judgment, without judging it, instead just sensing it, often it will turn away that part of our mind that's uh, panicking. Yeah. <laughs> so just out of curiosity, in your experience with all, all your students, um, what is the most common cause of error? The most common cause of error in music tends to be where we are surprised for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had that experience where I would continually have a reaction with the page turn in a Chopin an etude I played for Mademoiselle Boulanger. No matter how much I practiced on that coda, there had been a page turn, and I didn't observe that the pattern had changed. In other words, I was kind of cramming it and trying to force myself to play the notes yeah. instead of observing, wow, the coda actually is different than what I did before. Thus, it could cause a reaction, a change in status quo. Instead of noticing that there's an accented dissonance on the main beat and then that I'm not doing arpeggios like I have in the rest of the piece, this is by, with the way, the F major etude of Chopin. And essentially, instead, it's doing this really cool thing that's very different what codas do. So instead of appreciating the difference and recognizing it and being able to already, in the correct way, understand that this is coming at the end, seeing the whole piece in Eagle Vision, I, if I react to that change, it's going to cause me consternation <laughs> instead of delight. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So what I love about what you just said, though, is it sounds like it had nothing to do with your piano abilities or with your musicianship and Correct. everything to do with an outside force that has nothing to do with even Correct. your self-worth. Correct. And I'm trying to override it mm. and again, concentrate and do all of the wrong things instead of just appreciating and delighting in the beauty of the thing yeah. and the gestures, the new gesture. Instead, I'm treating it like, oh, I can't play that. I'm yeah. never going to get that right. And of course, self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. Instead of, again, just loving the difference in, in what's being expressed. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love this. So to kind of wrap up, um, what, do you, what do you suggest as far as, as working on, on this? Like, What are some things that, that we can think about or implement in the practice room? 
I think that what is great, as I mentioned, is really being cognizant of all the elements in what we're playing and what they're meaning. I think that's a big secret. If you go to what the heck is this passage expressing, it takes us to a higher level of instead of just let's get these notes right with the right fingers. Uh, instead, it becomes what is this beautiful gesture? So I get so I'm familiar with the domain of whatever I'm doing and embrace it. I'll often say that what we have to do is, is we have to think of the problems that we're having, the things we're afraid of, whatever that is, that arpeggio, that trill, that change in register, whatever it is, we have to embrace it like it's an orphan child. What can happen in the brain is that we can treat that thing that's the problem as an orphan and push it away. But we know we do not want to do that. The orphan needs more love, not less love. So until we can embrace it to the point where we can really enjoy it, mm. like the race car driver really driving into that difficult turn in that yeah. race, we have to embrace that. We have to embrace what we would often push away. And you notice the pushing away, it's the eagle going up into eagle vision. And that's the kind of pushing away we want. We want to be able to have a better view of what's happening. And uh, this will make it easier for us to overcome difficulties. Yeah. and. Last question, um, what can we do for the, the mental aspect of it? Like this, this all feels very, very emotional, but also very logical, but there's that fine line in between mm -hmm. both of those mm -hmm. things. Like, like what, what else could you share to, to kind of work on that aspect? I always like to say there are 12 pitches in an octave. There are 11 <laughs> dichords, that is intervals in the octave. And any rhythm, I don't care how complicated, could be counted as twos and threes. So ultimately is the idea, let's not get all excited about stuff here. <laughs> you know, that basically it's not that complicated. And this helps to be able to have perspective. Uh, and so we avoid going into this confusing area of the brain, uh, yeah. the zoom, as Bandler would call it. Yeah. Oh, love that so much. Well, thank you, Marianne, for this. This has been life-changing as usual. Um, if y'all are listening, feel free to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much so that the show shows up on um, everyone's radar as they're looking for musical podcasts. And as always, make sure to follow Marianne on Instagram at Marianne Ploger. And we also have a Facebook um, group as well that you are welcome to join. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.